in the history of television. It's never been so funny, so dramatic, so totally mind-blowing. Wow, 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 wow. Sunday, television's greatest night is the biggest live event of the year. One, two, one, two, three. Watch the best of the best face off. Jimmy Kimmel hosts the Emmys. You don't watch, we're not friends anymore. Live Sunday, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ABC. Yo, 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 we're talking the profit. Should you build for profit or contribution? Find out next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, After Buzzers, to the profit. I have to speak a little slower in time with the music. It's the hands of time we're listening to. It is. Because our episode is all about time and watches. And well, this is in good time. We'll talk about it in good time. <laughs> but tonight time to tell us who you are. Yeah, we're looking at season four, episode four of The Prophet, Flex Watches, um, and we'll bring the music down to a simmer and... Oh, it, it had to rock first before we came in. But we're thrilled to be here with you. I'm Chris Howard. Uh, you can reach me after buzzers at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. You can also reach out at legendarylivingdaily.com for tips, motivation, inspiration, entrepreneurial uh, things to build a business fast, as well as legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. And on my left is the one, the only, the beautiful... Katerina Kazayas, I will take that compliment. Thank you. Hey, everyone, I'm Katerina Kazayas, and uh, you can catch up with me on Twitter and Instagram at Katerina Kazayas. Now, I know you've been following us for a few weeks here, and my Twitter's been sort of Kazayas Katerina, then Katerina Kazayas. It has now been fixed. You can reach me across the board at Katerina Kazayas, so make that mental note. You can also catch up with me on my website, which is called globalgab.com. That's global-gab.com. And I bring you up to speed with timely international headlines. So Timely? Uh, there you go. I'm sticking with the uh, the theme tonight. There's a theme of time tonight. We'll get to that. But what is what is happening? Yes, What's and, uh, and so in the world, you know, it, 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 it is time for the summer to be over. It's about and, time. And, and September <laughs> ushers in some of the biggest and best global events. So I'm just going to highlight that for our viewers and our audio ship right now. Uh, Cannes International Yachting Festival was this week. Over 500 mega yachts in Cannes. Wow. Followed by the Toronto Film Festival. Leonardo DiCaprio is up there. Scarlett Johansson is up there. It's the biggest international film festival after the Cannes one in May. I had no idea all this was going on. Yes, and of course, for anyone globally outside the U.S. right now, it would be global to them, New York Fashion Week. Oh my God. Yes, so summer's over, but event season kicks off, and of course we've got the Emmys coming up. Yes, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but it pays to be global. This is great. Gotta go, gab with the global girl. So you can profit from that knowledge. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So fascinating, and we, you know, we have such a... An amazing show in the mm. spirit of all these celebrations and stuff that are going on. We get to celebrate the profit here tonight and celebrate mm-hmm. uh, the success of all the businesses that Marcus has been able to pour his intelligence and uh, his experience into to help them build to greater levels. I, I'll tell you what, Katarina Casayas. Mm-hmm. I and by the way, the thing I'd like to celebrate tonight sure. uh, is the fact that you've discovered who you are. I'm so excited, Katarina Casayas. I'm back. Yeah, she's back. It took her a while. She was a little disjointed, 
but not that the, the email addresses and stuff were a reflection of her personality. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is you're here. I'm back. Yes, yeah, she's back. We love you. Uh, but we had such a great episode tonight. I really loved it. What did you, you think great overall about episode. this? Did you I like it? This was a great episode. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So companies started selling watches. So companies called Flex Watches. Yeah. Yeah, so we got this uh, company that started for a philanthropic, and they they launched a for profit entity mm-hmm. with a philanthropic message. They were a company with a mission. With a mission, and tell me, what do you think, uh, Katarina, about having a for profit company with a philanthropic message? Do you like it? Do you? Uh, not? I think it's great. Do you? I think it's great. To recap, for those that may not have watched it, we had this company start with. The concept of having 10 watches mm-hmm. in 10 different colors, representing 10 charities where they would give back 10% of the profit. It was fantastic. Fantastic I mean, idea. Beautiful, uh, beautiful concept, mm-hmm. a simple concept. It wasn't really complex. And that's, no. you know, uh, they say that most people make things too complex. Mm-hmm. It takes a real genius to build something that's simple. Right. And, uh, you know, they, and that was their, their fault. That's where they, they tripped uh, later on in this model. Uh, but the, the model that I like, and this was kind of built after the, uh, the pace setter of Tom's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that for every mm-hmm. pair of shoe that was sold, a pair of shoe would be contributed to another. To a cause. Uh, to, right. Or to a family, right, mm-hmm. or to kids or somebody who needed them. Their cause in this case was that the mother... Uh, Karen, uh, who was one of their inspirations, there's mm-hmm. the t- two uh, two guys, Trevor and Travis, who launched this. Mother was the inspiration, and she was feeding children in need. And in so, Mexico. in Mexico, and yes. so the money that was uh, being raised from the watches was going out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just want to talk a little bit about this concept of. Uh, I think the world should. I think the world would be such a better place if more business was in. The business of giving back to society. Right. I think that's massively missing in con- our consumerist society uh, right sure. now. And I think yeah. there's really um, nothing wrong with being able to make money, but also be supportive of your neighbor. I think it's great. Right. Yeah. yeah th- I, there was a book written called Philanthro Capitalism, and mm. it was uh, all about that. Actually, my second book I wrote, it was it's the called Instant Wealth Will Wake Up Rich: The New Entrepreneurial Mind. Uh-huh. And when I first put in the book proposal to Wiley and Sons, my publisher, um, the, the they had envisioned the book, and this is kind of a direction I go. Ah, I should have gone in that direction. Was the new entrepreneurial mind being that more and more people are moving toward philanthropic mm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did some uh, charity work with Virgin uh, Unite and the, uh, actually I went out to South Africa to do oh, wow. a charity event out there. Mm. And I spoke with the head of Virgin, uh, Virgin Telephones okay, out there. Yeah. And I asked him because all of the Virgin branding has now gone toward a philanthropic, and I'll uh, talk to the viewer here as well, a philanthropic direction. It mm-hmm. used to be based around the antics of Richard, but now they, they promote philanthropy and giving back. And I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, is this really about the contribution or is that just a marketing What did ploy? they say? Hmm. And he said, why can't it be both? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't it be both? Why well, can't it Richard make Branson, money and do both? And I was going to say, Richard yeah. Branson is a master at marketing. Absolutely, know? yeah. But I genuinely believe, why can't it be both? And I think Richard Branson has probably reached a point in his career success 
Or how much money, how much more money do you need? Yeah, how many pairs of you shoes know, do you need to wear? Give yeah. something back. So I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah, so I like to see this. This mm-hmm. is this thrills me when I get to see a model like this where people are uh, doing good and making uh, making change by making change. You know, right? <laughs> so. And they made they made they made money. They made almost a million dollars in their second year. Absolutely. off of this concept. So doing really well, right. and then they had a turning point. Mm-hmm. And the turning point. Talk, talk to me. What do you think about the turning point that they came to where their profits began to nosedive? You know what happened was they had a, uh, a successful, profitable concept. Mm-hmm. And they had a retailer who had asked them to change the price point on the watch. The watch was right. originally $35. They were making it for 5 so a nice profit margin for them. Mm-hmm. But the retailer said, you know, can you make us something in the $100 range? Right. So without doing any market research, without doing any due diligence, without asking, uh, building a, a larger focus group, they just nosedived into changing the design, changing the price point, with no thought behind that. Right. And boom, profits dropped 50%. Yeah, dropped overnight. And the, the thing I'd say about these watches, and Marcus had pointed this out as well, mm-hmm. that, the, you know, I like cheap watches. He said he likes cheaper watches too. My reasoning is sure. probably the same as his. Um, I bang my watch into things. Mm-hmm. I lose my watch. You know, it's watches and sunglasses. I suck with. So you're going to give me your Rolex and you can wear the $35 one. <laughs> it wouldn't matter if I gave it to you or I kept it because I'd lose it within a week. Whereas, you know, a pair of sunglasses, I like to have a nice pair of sunglasses. I lose them equally as much as I lose a good watch. <laughs> but the watch, you know, a good watch is going to cost mm-hmm. you a, a, a ton of money. So I like cheap watches. I found a watch in Venice, Italy mm-hmm. that was just a rubber band. It was a black rubber band with an insertable watch piece, just like we saw in this episode. Mm-hmm. Paid 10 bucks, and it was my favorite ah. watch. I lost it right afterwards. I had to go back to Venice. I bought like three or four of those watches. <laughs> Before you left Italy. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. And then I loved them and wore them all the time until I lost all of those. Wow. But I'd much rather wear that. It yeah. was just a piece of rubber that with a, and it would look neat. And it reminded me of these watches. I like the simplicity of that. And I think they made a major mistake when they, well, we know now they did when they got away from, and the numbers reflected it, yeah. when they got away from the simple designs with, right. the, with the simple cost. Didn't you think the original design reminded you a little bit of swatches? Remember the swatches back in the 80s? Yeah. They, Where you could uh, flip out the color of the band. I think they still have the, those. You might get sued for saying Right, right. Well, <laughs> this is true. There are swatches still around. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just more exciting to me when I was 14. Yeah, no, exactly. No, they, yeah, they were kind of like that. But then, then they had also this unique, uh, their USP or their unique selling proposition was the fact that, yes, they're raising money for a charity. You buy this watch, you get, uh, you you are contributing directly mm-hmm. to cancer or to... Or to the environment or to, you know, pets. I mean, they, were, they, were, they had a nice array of charities to choose from because right. I think there is something that speaks to somebody's heart. Yeah. Right? There's something for everybody sure, out absolutely. there. They broke away from it because they were requested to break away, and you get the temptation there. You know, the, the, you've got the person who's making, you know, who's making you the money, says we're not making enough money from this. We need something different. So it's hard to fault them for making that change because it was really just a lack of knowledge. What more I didn't than understand, what what struck me when I when I heard that part of the story was, yeah. why would they not keep the watches is and just raise the price point? Because I didn't notice anything dramas- dramatically different. Dramastically? Dramastically different in you the design. when you said that. Mastic- <laughs> that's chewing, right? I think. I hope. I hope that wasn't nasty. Didn't taste as good yeah. the second round as it did the first <laughs> round. But no, they had the Generation 2 watches got a little bit uglier and a little bit more uh, vanilla watchy. Right. 
And by generation three, they just look like those cheap watches that you see in New York where the guy opens up his shirt, yes. you know, and his jacket has all the watches hanging. Yeah, like, and you can, terrible. you know, buy one of these watches. Yeah, it looks right. really tacky, terrible. gaudy, um, not good, right. not And something... by the third year, their profits had dropped even more. Yeah, they, so I mean, they, and they were, they were throwing out the numbers so fast tonight that we... Woo. Head we, was spinning. Yeah, we started 15 minutes late here because we had to keep rewinding to watch that. What did the what was that number? What was that number? What was that Neither number? Neither one of us had a watch on. Neither of us had a watch on. We couldn't tell the time. But in so in 2012, they had close to a million dollars gross revenue, 979,000. 2013 was the year that they started rebranding. They had 436,000 gross revenue and they had lost. Yeah. They lost Two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred two thousand fourteen. They had uh, three hundred and eleven thousand uh, gross revenues. Uh, I, they lost eighty seven thousand dollars. Two thousand fifteen. Two hundred seventy nine thousand gross revenue. Uh, negative thirty four k at the end of the year. Ouch. So they were on a serious downhill slide, nothing really working. And to top it off, they weren't taking any kind of significant salary. The two uh, two guys, uh, two best friends who launched this business, mm-hmm. really weren't drawing anything significant from the business. So it's right, like, so. what is this albatross that we've got? And um, again, you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again. If you're not making money in your business, why are you in business? Right. Right? Unless you've got a charity. And yeah, this no, wasn't exactly. One. So. You have to get up in the morning. You have to go to work. You have to make some money. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? Right? Why, why, and uh, and so Marcus comes in to school them, and he does it. You know, I, I have to say that this was probably one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. I think Marcus is coming into his stride. Mm. I saw in this episode his bigger picture for the first time for me. Which was what? What did you identify? Well, just the collection of his portfolio mm-hmm. of companies that all interact. And we've seen this on various episodes mm-hmm. where he's bringing the design guy from one company in to do the design work at another company. And you have to begin to think as he has this aggregation of various uh, companies with various services that can all interact that there's going to be a compiling or a compounding effect of the synergies between the companies. Well, and he mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. He said, I have fashion brands, but I don't have any accessory brands. So you know it's coming down the pipe. Right. That when he gets this particular watch brand to where he wants it. Exactly. Why not sell it in your own retail fashion exactly. stores? It, it makes so much sense. Right. And, wh- and why not own the building? And right. why not? I'm, see, I'm thinking I should go and apply for his uh, <laughs> partner thing like I I, no. I I mean this excites me what he's doing he's it's, it's he's got such brilliance and he's and he's got that brilliance with heart which is what I like what did you think of his uh silent salesperson idea Marcus decides that one of the missing factors is the lack of story being told again originally the company was successful because the story was we have a charity we're contributing money we have a cause that was lost in subsequent years and so part of his point was we can build a display case, a physical display case, where the product, watches in this case, are displayed that tells the story so that the salesperson at the point of sale doesn't have to spend his time or effort telling the story. Because here's the deal. You can imagine right. how complex that story is that you're buying a watch, 10% is going to charity, you, get to, uh, you buy a different color for a different charity, and it, it just becomes so complex and, and labor intensive and if it's a busy store with a busy busy yeah. flow you're not going to get the story out and if you don't get the story out 
There's no passion behind the product, and no one is buying it. Right, you can't have a wrench in the in the works when right. you have got a, a single salesperson attempting to do things. So it's like it, we you saw the need for it, but honestly, as he began to talk about it, I didn't know where he was going with it. I didn't know if it was going to be a vending machine, you know, which isn't a bad idea too. I mean, I don't know what the vending machine sure. would cost. Sure. Or, yeah, you click. Yeah, and you just have it spit Put out. Put a hundred dollar bill in there. Exactly. <laughs> Give me space and let me do my vending machine inside your place. Um, or, but this, I loved the, the in display that they came up with. It took us a little while to get to that in display unit, but where they, where they went was beautiful. Um, so, and it makes a lot of sense to have a silent salesman display because what you do is you, you build it one time, right? You, it costs you one time, but you just keep fitting it with product. So it'll be a moneymaker on its own. Into, you know, into, uh, into forever. What was the price point? $300 for the construction? $300 to build the display. Ridiculous. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. Now, nothing. just if you haven't watched the episode yet, and you should go and watch the episode, uh, but the display ended up being like cubby boxes mm-hmm. that had the name of the charity on each uh, cubby box and made it was very, very clear that when you were buying that bo- that color watch, you were supporting that charity. Blue was the environment. Pink was breast cancer. Orange was... You know, another charity. It was great. But Katarina, it wasn't easy to come to this point where they were able to separate things out. Mm -hmm. And the big issue that was, you know, the elephant in the room was that Karen had passed away and Karen was Trevor's mother. Mm -hmm. And so the, there was this inter, they, they were intertwined, the feeding of the children with the money that was raised. Trevor took a departure from that. He wanted to distance himself from that story so much what do you think was going on in Trevor's mind and heart and spirit that caused him to run away from the original story? He was very close to his mother. That was obvious. And I think for him, it was just too painful. It was too painful to rehash the death of his mother and the battle with breast cancer. Right. Um, she did battle with it for five years, so I can't imagine that was an easy five years on their family. And 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 when she passed away, I think he just wanted to... Cut that pain off completely. Yeah. But he did it to the detriment of the brand. Yeah, and I don't think he recognized that he was doing no. such damage to the brand to that point. Yeah. It's like he, he... Because he just made it become a very generic, cheap-looking watch company. Yeah. And why does anyone want to buy a cheap-looking watch with no passion? And no passion. And there was so much. Uh, there was so much to be gleaned from this episode in terms of how uh, branding works inside the company and how important the story and the narrative is inside a company and that differentiator that separates you from the, the pack. I mean, watches are a dime a dozen. Sure. You can get them any place. Yeah. Right? Uh, the, bringing that story back in, and what, what really struck me as being cool about this episode, and we've seen it in other episodes where Marcus is very therapeutic mm. in his approach, and they were cueing the therapy music as... Uh, he brings Trevor outside, and he's like, "What's what's really going on?" Um, the uh, I I found what did what did you find most impressive about those conversations that Marcus was having with Trevor? Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I I was I was I feel Marcus is getting into his, you know, his he's he's in a stride now. He really right. is. He is so incredibly patient mm. when he delves into the emotional issues with these people. Right. And he seems to know exactly what questions to ask, but allows the person time to answer it. He's very, he'll just stand back, ask a question, and just wait. 
And, and right and, there on and, that pregnant pause. Right. I'm going I'm to leave it right there because I think I, I agree with you 10,000%. He mm -hmm. was asking the right questions. We do have uh, something that I want to bring to everybody's attention here. I'll take a bit of a break here. Well, it's not okay. even really a break. This is exciting. Woo! Dang it. In the history of television, it's never been so funny, dramatic, or so good. Mm -hmm. Think about the shows that are on this season. There's House of Cards, Modern Family, Downtown Abbey, Game of Thrones. What else? And it says blackish. I guess there's a blackish. I thought it was blacklist, but I guess there's both. So there's blacklish, blackish. Black uh, I love that. I mean, there's so many of these things. It said, I love that show. And I almost read it like, I love that show. But anyway, We love those shows. Seriously, though, there, is, there are so many shows out there that are phenomenal that we can get uh, caught up in. That's why uh, we're and here. And we do hear it after Buzz. Yeah, that's why we're here talking about The Prophet. We love it so much. Homeland, Better Call Saul, Veep, uh, Transparent, Silicon Valley, Mr. Robot, Unbreaking, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> um, television, some of those I've heard of, some of them I haven't. Uh, but television's golden age is right now. This is a very exciting time in television, and that's why we need to bring this up. Um, and, oh, gosh, it goes on. It talks about the Americans. We, have you seen that? I like the Americans. I like Carrie Russell, yes. I, I thought that would be good yes. for you with Global Gab. Yes. Yeah, the Americans, transparent, master of none. On Sunday, September 18th, get ready, uh, pick up your pen, write this down, put it in your calendar, Sunday, September 18th. Television's greatest night is the biggest live event of the year. Do you know what I'm talking about, Katarina Kazan? We are talking the 2017, no, 2016. You are way ahead of your time. <laughs> Emmys. The Emmys are on this Sunday, people. That's right. You can watch the show that celebrates great television. This is the Emmy Awards. Mm -hmm. There's no better night uh, to watch the best of the best face off. It, it is a face off. They're going to be going, they're going to put, put up their dukes and see and mm -hmm. duke it out. See if your favorite show wins. Uh, plus you can see what everyone's wearing on the red carpet. See, that's my favorite part. Yeah, you're a fashion guy. Look how great you look in your paisley fashion it shirt would, today. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have pinned myself that way, but I, <laughs> I I do love to watch the red carpet and the glamour and all of Hollywood. That's what I like oh, about Oh, this the is enemies. TV's biggest night. This yeah. is going to be a big night absolutely and it, and they, they prompted me to say this but i'll tell you what it was a great prompt because yeah. here's what you get what are you gonna you say? get to see if who looks as hot off screen mm. i guess you're still watching them on screen but who looks as hot on the carpet mm. as they do in the movies uh -huh. or tv tv oh, this I is think, emmys i think people are gonna bring it though right bring they're, it they're gonna bring it right i think everyone's gonna look great check it out host is jimmy kimmel who Ooh. i love mm -hmm. i think he's uh, amazing so one of the funniest guys on television, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, hosting the Emmys live Sunday, September 18th. This is 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And you and I talked about this, like, yep. why would they do it at 4 p.m.? It's an all-afternoon party. Mm -hmm. So Emmys party, check it out Sunday, September 18th. Woo. Be there. I'm excited. Yes. 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 What are you going to wear? You know... <laughs> <laughs> I got, I'm going to make some profit in my business, and then I'm going to go buy a new dress, and then I may buy it from Marcus's store. There you I'm go. Excited. It's that aggregation. Okay, I so wonder time... if Marcus Lamonis is going to be at the, at the You know Academy. what? He should be. He should be. I'll bet you anything he's going to be there. I hope he is, because he is a man who is doing things with heart, and That's we love right. that. What's that have to do with the Emmys? Should be celebrated more often. <laughs> okay, celebrate doing things with heart. Yes. Celebrate at the Emmys. Be there Sunday, September 18th, and we will be watching, and Marcus <laughs> will be either there or watching as well. Um, back to our, it's time to get back to our uh, watch shop. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've got uh, this, they broke away from the, the, the brand, and we were just talking about that kind of that therapeutic moment. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I was thinking when this happened. I had such an appreciation for the meaning that was being built into the episode. And 
you know, I've been in the field of transformation for 20 years, mm -hmm. and uh, I've worked with thousands of people all over the planet in seminars and helping them to overcome issues and stuff like that. And, you know, what I've found is that the basis of all challenges that people have is the meaning that they've associated to whatever's going on in their life. Uh, Alfred, or not Alfred, of course, it was uh, the book Man's Search for Meaning. You were probably familiar with that, yeah? No, no, that one I'm not. Um, Victor Frankl, who okay. was a Holocaust survivor. Mm. And what Victor Frankl said was that the people that emotionally survived the Holocaust were people that had a greater meaning attached or associated to their experience inside the concentration wow. camps, for example. So if they were there and they decided that it meant that they had to overcome it, so that one day they could ensure that nothing like that would ever happen on the mm -hmm. planet again, they then felt states of, of uh, you know, Power determination and, yes. and, yeah, and yeah, resolution yeah, yeah. to go and make something happen. Mm -hmm. But if they decided that the fact that they were there meant that life was meaningless, it was over, uh -huh. people were crap, they would literally die. They, they, that uh -huh. would be their end. Here, I see this as being a crisis of meaning, you know, where his mother passes away, he has no. He doesn't know what the meaning of that is, and and he had been embattled. You said you used the yeah. word battled. He'd been in that for so long. He wanted to divorce himself from those feelings. So it's like let's go someplace else. Let's go to California and beach and all these girls. But he hadn't processed what was going there. But really, what he hadn't done was transformed the meaning of that experience. Mm -hmm. And in carrying on the greater level mission of the mother, which was to make a difference. Um, he was transforming the meaning to make it be something more empowering. Some people, it's been said, and I was just talking about this on a conference call the other day, that your karma is your dharma. Okay, explain. Uh, karma being what happens to you in life, what comes around, goes around, that whole other thought, but then dharma meaning your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like it's the wound that hurts you that becomes your grander purpose. Absolutely, I believe that. And this is what he had to get. So there was an emotional resolution that was occurring inherent inside the episode and inherent in embracing rather than running from the problem. And so I, I, Marcus playing in that realm, I loved that. I thought that was fucking cool. So powerful, Marcus. And he's so, we've talked about this before, not only is he a visionary when it comes to business, but he seems to also be a visionary when it comes to the potential that people have. He really does. He brings it out. Yeah. He knows how to coach out the best in other mm -hmm. people. Where did you see that most in, in, in this episode? In today's that? episode, yeah. I, think, I think he really, uh, when he took Tra uh, Trevor outside mm -hmm. and they had the one-on-one -on -one because Marcus prompted him a few times in front of the other partners, hey, you know, you've got to delve into this issue with your mom. And it sort of was going, Trevor was hearing it, but he wasn't, he wasn't listening. Right. Um, I don't Marcus, know if you've ever done that. Right. Marcus <laughs> took him outside for a one-on-one, -on -one and right. he, he basically said, tell me what's going on. Yeah. And I think it was in that moment that Trevor sort of flipped the switch and said, he, he got emotional. You saw the tears in his eyes when he talked about his mom. Right. And Marcus said to him, you need to connect back to the story and show me that you can bring that story into the business. See, that's what the, the brilliant part is because, you, you know, it's been said that your business is a reflection of your consciousness like everything mm -hmm. else. It's, uh, you know, the, it goes right back to Jungian psychology yeah. that you, and you can't see anything that you're not. So if you're screwed up inside the head, the business, where's the business going to be? It's a clusterfuck. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's a reflection of, exactly. It's a reflection yeah. of your consciousness. Yeah. And he was literally running away from the business inside and outside. And, and you saw that. I mean, the business lost almost a million dollars in four years. It was, it, and it was plummeting. Of this, right, right. Um, but I think to Trevor's, uh, to the testament of Trevor, 
he went back, he was tasked with making a video mm -hmm. uh, of this story, of his mom's story, so that they could put up on the new website. We'll get to that in a second. Right. Um, but he brought such a, the video he created was so powerful, so thoughtful. It told the story of his mom. I actually had tears in my eyes. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did because I, I was very touched by it. You could see the the mother's love for her son. You could see his love for her. And and I think it's a story that everyone can relate to. Your mother may not have died uh, of cancer or, or of anything else, knock on wood, but you, we all have a relationship with a parent. Right. And it's also a universal archetype in yeah. consciousness. I'm feeling very Jungian today. Mm -hmm. It's a I universal archetype in consciousness of someone passing on or something, right. uh, or a transition and not letting go. Right. So I think Trevor grew through this experience and I think it will benefit the business tremendously. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the magic. And that's the, that's the part that was magical for mm -hmm. me is that it's not just that he gets to transform his business. It's not just that he gets to make more profit, but he gets to transform his life inherent in building his business, making a profit and contributing to the world in bigger ways. What more could you want? How, really, how perfect. You know, that's yeah. uh, that was actually my point in mm -hmm. the book Instant Wealth, Wake Up Rich, was all about that the moment that you make that decision to mm -hmm. give back through the contribution that you might make with your business, then you're profiting on multiple from multiple perspectives. It's like a, a win for you, a win for people in the marketplace, and a greater win and you for see, And you see this with people that have been successful in business. Oprah Winfrey, you know, being an example. Yeah, absolutely. She, the minute she started sort of moving away from that, that um, Jerry Springer-type television, mm -hmm. which everyone started with back in the you know Donahue days a little bit Donahue and, then and, she, and, and she she yeah and she just she made the decision to be of value use television to be of service and she introduced Oprah's book club and she introduced uh, some of these other bigger ideas that benefited society and you saw her wealth just explode she became the first african-american woman to hit the forbes billionaire you know, list three billion dollar net worth i mean come on substantial it's huge you know yeah yeah for sure the uh, the other there was another dynamic there with with the, because it was screwed up in his head in Trevor's yeah yeah then it was expressing itself in screwed up ways where we're getting watches and stuff that are just gaudy and trashy and didn't represent the brand or the story but out here we're, we're we've got this brand uh, there's there's no brand cohesion. And we've got Trevor and Travis in basically up in arms about what the brand really represents. Mm. So they had a branding meeting. What, were, what are your thoughts uh -huh. about their branding the, meeting? The branding meeting. Yeah. Uh, clearly, when the branding meeting was happening, these two men were not on the same page. Yeah. Um, but I think they, they, they ended up bringing in a branding expert. Mm. Um, this was sort of subsequent to the internal meeting that the men had. And they brought in a branding expert, and the branding expert basically said, the vision board you presented here with your ideas of what you want the company to be has no soul. You have a story. Why are you not telling it? And so, again, to the point, branding, I think the other two, uh, it was Brad and Travis, were really trying to get Trevor to understand that you have to tell the story. Tell it, tell, um, tell who you are. Yeah, it was right. Oishi that they brought in the branding right. company. Oishi, the branding experts. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, they were all over the place. But once again, a reflection of Trevor running mm -hmm. away from the the issues, and so we have dysfunction that's that's outside because of running away instead of embracing mm -hmm. uh, where it went. 
And what was fascinating for me about that, there were a couple of things. So the, number one, the vision boards or mood boards, branding boards. Like I have all my clients, if I'm working with businesses, they always do branding okay, boards or yeah. mood boards. Have you ever done this before? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, because yeah. you were They're in marketing, right? I was in marketing and I um, I helped build a, a brand. I helped build uh, Nisi Yachts. Oh, and, oh, yes. Right. And, and and our brand, we had a really interesting one. It was, um, there's so many yacht companies, but ours was very experiential. Um, it was casual opulence. And so we had vision boards with, with all of the brand images that we wanted, and it really helped us to uh, cement the image of right. who we were. What did you think about, uh, and I get that, by the way, one of my brand mm-hmm. my, or my mood boards was all around relaxed opulence, mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting that, to, you know, sure. I didn't want to be gaudy opulence, but right, right, relaxed but the, opulence, right, opulence yeah. was cool. What did you uh, think about what the, uh, what the guy from Oishi had said about uh, too many people using luxury or mm. lifestyle type imagery and it just becoming a uh, it, it becomes um, a little bit irrelevant these guys were trying to use beach imagery california california right. california there's so much california okay great it doesn't speak to anything right what was fascinating to me about that is because the branding should speak to some degree to the aspirations of the person that's there from my perspective especially if you're in a transformation type field what are their aspirations but his point was that no, because everybody's doing that. You could it could be any type of company that's doing that. We need to get the authenticity in the brand. I think Marcus said that as well. Mm-hmm. Your authenticity. And damn it if they weren't right about that. Yes, absolutely. You know? And you saw that by the end of the episode when they really the three the three partners had really taken the time to bring it all back home. And the product was unique again. It was creative. It was enticing. It was, it was, that display would draw me in. Yeah. I would walk into a store and spend a few minutes looking at that display. Absolutely. And, and you'd probably buy the watch too. I probably would. And I probably would buy two of them because I'd have a friend of mine who was into, uh, you know, Alzheimer's and there's an Alzheimer's watch. No doubt about it. I mean, th- that was, uh, they, they made some major changes, but I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. what really uh, stood out to me also in this episode, there were just so many pieces to it was when they brought in uh, Russell from uh, Russell Brunson from uh, ClickFunnels. Now, ClickFunnels is a relatively new database management system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's. Had you heard of it before? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's one of the it's a, one of the newer ones, and it's got all the bells and whistles of database management systems. Uh, you know, the, the Infusionsoft, uh, Office Autopilot has changed to Entreport, uh, and and. And click funnels right now are they if you're a solopreneur or a small business they're the ones that are really popular mm-hmm. uh, so to see Russell Brunson by the way if you're watching this Russell I thought what you did was uh, phenomenal uh, and we'd love to have you on the show let's get you on the show and oh, we can talk about this talk. Cause, yeah because what, what they were talking about was vertical product integration mm-hmm. and uh, your funnel down yes. yeah so this is your vertical and that's how all of my businesses have always worked have been on a vertical product integration concept where you have people that come in from the top and it funnels through and then you get purchases to be able to monetize your business absolutely right and there's higher price points with each purchase point which is what Mm -hmm. russell brunson laid out what did you think of the design that he laid out wow for their website i was blown away by that design probably one of the best website designs I have ever seen. Absolutely. And wow. you know what, Re- Russell? Reflective of the business. Cheers to you, my man. Because it, it looked to me like a cross between, like, it was like a social crowdfunding platform 
that and right. and so he captured the essence of the magic of the brand and to show how much money had been raised for the charity underneath. Oh, I got chills. I got, I'm getting chills again right now. It was genius. Yeah, genius. it was really really good. Yes. So kudos to you, my man, and mm-hmm. to uh, and just and thank God for the charities that you're going to support. Yes. It was amazing. And see, I've been waiting for this, uh, you know, because I do Shark Tank. I do the after show for Shark Tank yeah. as well. I'm on the panel. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, Damon Johns is in, I know he's got a percentage ownership or he's got something with Infusionsoft, which is the database software that I've used for, okay. for quite some time. And I've used Entreport as well. Mm. haven't used ClickFunnels. I have some of my clients that use ClickFunnels, but... Uh, but it does have all the bells and whistles that it would make, you know. And so as a solopreneur, when you have a, or even as a small business, your database management software, customer relationship, uh, relationship software should take the place of 10 employees, 20 employees, right. yeah. you know. Uh, and it's 500 bucks a month. That's right. nothing. Uh, so uh, I, yeah, I was happy to see job. it in this episode, happy to see them bring that in. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if they find that, that, 60 to 70% of their revenue shifts to being online driven from offline driven. Um, and you know what? It's in fact, an, that's it's what a, I bet. It's an online world now. I mean, you you look at somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, yeah. he has built his entire business online. Yep. And, yep. and and the internet is at our fingertips. You can sit in your pajamas in your basement and make money. As, well, Why as we, not? As we say, it's this interactive right. digital dawn. Global. And yeah, and people are yes. people are becoming stars in their basements in Toledo, mm-hmm. Ohio. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, but, the other thing I like about the profit is the fact that for anyone that is in business, uh, small business owners, uh, sole entrepreneurs, yeah. as you mentioned, there are so many companies that Marcus brings in, like you said, whether mm. they're uh, distribution companies or uh, accounting right. uh, software, or you know, that that really you should look into and do a little bit of research when you see it on this program. Yeah, absolutely. Because Marcus uses the best. See, and what I thought was brilliant, and it struck me tonight, and I've noticed it before, but how lucky is he to be able to highlight these companies that get to come on camera, they get to, you know, participate in the building of this, get the exposure, free exposure, and I, you know... I doubt very seriously that they're being paid anything, but he gets the benefit of that, plus the aggregate uh, compounding effect of all these companies he's bringing together. I am now getting very, very excited, Marcus, for your new show for The Partner as this comes up. In fact, I'm going to apply. Oh, no, you should. Oh, I want to, because I think it's fucking cool. I think he's going someplace really, really brilliant with this, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it's neat. And I I had considered it before, but I thought, "Ah, you know what? I don't know that I'd want to do something like that, but... The man's got a vision, yes. and, and and he's a neat guy, you know. He's so, a great person. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. So uh, I love that. Um, the any any last thoughts on the show because we got about four minutes. Uh, three sure. Minutes. Yeah. No. No last thoughts. I mean, again, it was um, it was one of those episodes for me that had heart. Yeah. Um, it was young guys. These guys didn't even look like they were you know into their forties yet. Right. They really want to do something special, and I'm glad that Marcus came in. Marcus came in with an offer to pick up forty percent of the business. Um, four hundred grand, four hundred thousand um, dollars. But uh, you know, he's the one that's going to re- revitalize the whole thing for them, and uh, and he certainly, I believe, put them on the right path. It's neat. He's yeah. doing a good thing. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Um, one thing I'll mention too for our viewers is that uh, I had a conversation this afternoon with Kevin from last week's episode. Ooh. So last week's episode, if you remember, was the soup market. 
and there was the big uh, debate between Grace and David. And if you haven't watched that episode, go and watch that episode. It was it was Ooh. phenomenal, awesome, good drama. Yeah. Uh, and I talked to Kevin. He gave me some of the behind the scenes. And I'll give you just a little tidbit. It wasn't Dave who had thought of contacting the prophet. Oh. It was Kevin and guess. Kevin and Grace. Kevin and Grace oh, wow. thought of contacting the prophet. Oh. And then they brought David into the mix. So we're wow. going to find out more. Kevin's going to call in next week. So next week, join us again. At this time, it's 8 o'clock Pacific if you to watch the live episode. Remember, you can also get download the uh, iTunes podcast. And uh, you can watch us after the fact as well. But join us live. We'd love to have you mm-hmm. on here live with us next week, 8 o'clock. And we're going to get Kevin to call oh, in. Oh, that's and so great. And Stephanie's going to call in as well, his wife, who works also for the, uh, mm-hmm. for the soup market. So hope you guys have enjoyed our episode here. Katarina Kazayas, let them know where they can find you. All right. Thanks for being with us. You can gab with me anytime on Twitter at Katarina Kazayas. Looking forward to it. Awesome. And once again, I'm Chris Howard. You can reach me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. And go to legendarylivingdaily.com for daily tips, inspiration, motivation, entrepreneurial stuff, and legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. On behalf of myself, Katarina, AfterBuzz TV, we wish you a lovely, lovely evening or day or wherever you're at. And we'll see you next week, same bat time, Woo-hoo. same bat channel. Ciao. Take care. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 